At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today, as it is a game day edition of the HHC. Charlotte flying west to take on the Utah Jazz tonight. It will be a little bit of a later night. Be sure to get a pot of coffee on the stove or your energy drink or whatever your choice of caffeine is. Make sure you get it ready to go. Take an afternoon nap if you have to, as the Hornets will be out west for the next two nights, taking on the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. Of course, it starts tonight in Salt Lake City. We'll have your game preview coming up here in just a few moments. We're also going to talk about, of course, Steve Clifford eclipsing the all-time franchise record for wins. And we're also going to talk about the latest Swarm Report and how it relates to some of the talent that is currently on the Hornets roster and how it's helped develop them as well. And helping me out with all of these topics on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, it's the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. Sam, I know we got you tagged for a winning edition yesterday on a Hornets Hivecast. It was so nice. We figured we would bring you back for a game preview to hopefully give us some good luck here as we get ready for the Hornets to take on the Utah Jazz. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hopefully this is the podcast before another winning edition. The Hornets can make it three straight tonight in Utah. So excited to break this one down. Let's go ahead and start with head coach Steve Clifford. We already have talked about it a couple of times here on the latest episodes of the Hornets Hivecast. Steve Clifford now with 209 wins with the Charlotte Hornets. That, of course, extends his all-time franchise record as he passed Alan Bristow 
last week, but wanted to touch on this latest article that, of course, Sam Hurley wrote on Hornets.com. It's Steve Clifford's path less traveled to becoming a Hornets all-time wins leader. It's a really interesting read, Sam. I don't want to steal all of the thunder, so I'll go ahead and let you kind of give the highlights or the cliff notes of this one of what you were able to compile together. I know we have a little bit of a mini group chat with myself, you, and Sam Farber, and you're always, of course, one of those guys to kind of give us some trivia, and as you were writing this, you were able to give us some trivia about some all-time winning head coaches and how there's only 28 in the history of basketball, even though there's 30 teams. So that's a little bit of a tidbit and a little bit of a of a tease there as well for what some of these facts and figures look like for Steve Clifford. But again, what did you kind of find doing some research and what it was like kind of putting this one together? Yeah, of course. And uh, thank you as always for the plug. I think it's talked about Steve Clifford. You know, it, you look at his path to the NBA and it didn't start in the NBA. I mean, I think that one of the coolest things is you know, he got his start in coaching high school basketball back in the early 1980s and then was moved into college. And he was kind of in and around the New England area doing college for about 20 years before he broke into the NBA. So, um, you know, it's a little bit different path. And, you know, some guys, you know, sometimes it's players that come right out of the league and right into coaching. And, you know, sometimes it's you finish college as a player and you go right into the NBA as an assistant or on a staff or something. And some guys uh, like Steve Clifford do 20 years of, of coaching high school and college and, uh, I think he was a scout with the Knicks for one year and then in 2001 became an assistant with the Knicks under Jeff Van Gundy and then followed Van Gundy to Houston and then joined Stan Van Gundy's staff in Orlando and was with the Lakers for a year uh, and then into Charlotte for four or five years, six years into Orlando and then back to Charlotte too. So uh, I just had a really kind of fascinating career in, in sort of just the wealth of knowledge and experience and who he's worked with over the years is just I always learn something when I hear him talk, Is whether it's a stat, whether it's a story, whether it's how he sees the game. And he's so good and so brilliant at taking what the game, you know, what you think you saw during the game and you go into a press conference and you ask him about it. And it's, you know, he has a, a really friendly way or gentle way of kind of, hey, it's actually, you know, this was the reason why we lost. or was this run or this stretch or things like that, too. So I've really enjoyed my time around him over the years, and I'm happy for him that he got this record because if you think about all the guys that have ever coached basketball in the history of the sport, the sport that's been around over 100-and-something years, there's only 28 that have ever or currently have, have said, you know, there's probably many more that have at one point. But right now there's only 28 coaches that say they've been an all-time wins leader for a franchise. I mean, that's a pretty small number considering how many guys have ever been a coach. And I think it's important to um, recognize that because it is an achievement, even though it has been kind of a trying season. You know, Steve Clipper was able to do this because he's so good and so brilliant and just put so much time uh, into coaching over the last four decades too. So, uh, and in terms of trivia, he's actually one of, we'll circle back to that because I love sports trivia. Uh, one of six NBA head coaches right now, currently in the league, that is an all time wins leader for a franchise, Greg Popovich for San Antonio, Eric Spolster for Miami, Doc Rivers, who is Philadelphia's coach, was actually the Clippers all time wins leader, Rick Carlisle, who is the Pacers head coach, all-time wins leader in Dallas, and then Dwayne Casey, who is the Pistons head coach, all-time Raptors leader in wins. Uh, and because there's only 28, there's actually two guys that have the all-time wins record for two different franchises. Phil Jackson has it for the Bulls and Lakers, and then Lenny Wilkins has it for Cleveland and Seattle slash Oklahoma City, too. So just cool kind of looking back at his path, looking at some trivia, and then just thought it was really important to recognize it because it is a, a really, really monumental achievement that, 
not many guys that ever coach basketball get to experience being an all-time wins leader of an NBA franchise. For the record, not to toot my own horn, but when Sam Perley put this text out, I got five out of the six head coaches right currently that hold that record. So I'll give myself a pat on the back for that one. But in terms of head coach Steve Clifford, I mean, the path is just remarkable. I mean, the guy's worked his tail off. There's no way of putting around it. I mean, growing up in Maine, going to school in Vermont, growing up in the Vermont area, going to college in Maine, and just kind of staying in the Northeast as well, coaching at a Division II level, being an assistant at the Division I level, and then really making that jump to the NBA, and even making that jump to the association isn't always a guaranteed path to getting forward to a head coaching position. I mean, it takes a lot to kind of really hone in and be one of 30. I understand that it's a very elite job, and it's kind of a thankless job, or it's a kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately job, because more oftentimes than not, you're going to get fired rather than leaving on your own terms quite frankly but it's really remarkable what Steve Clifford has been able to do through these three plus decades of coaching because it's it's just crazy you don't hear many people getting their start at a high school level and working their way through the college ranks and then finally working their way to the NBA level it just doesn't happen very often anymore so it's one of those things that there's former players like you talk about that kind of jump into it some guys like Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups and heck even Doc Rivers is a guy too that kind of comes to mind for me and if you can even go back to some other guys that have turned into analysts now for television as well that have also found themselves on the bench coaching an NBA team also so the fact that Steve Clifford has just been able to really forge his path forward is really remarkable and again worth noting as it's a little bit more of an in-depth piece on Hornets.com written by the one and only Sam Perley. Steve Clifford's path less traveled to becoming Hornets all-time wins leader is the title and Sam I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit too. Have you ever gotten clarification on how to pronounce Steve Clifford's hometown that is in Maine because I don't want to butcher it. I'll put you on the spot here and let you do that. I've actually, I've never, I did write it. I did not get pronunciation for it, but I can take a stab at it. It's a very small northern town, almost up towards Canada. And I've actually been to that portion of Maine. I mean, once you kind of get past sort of like the Portland area down near the bottom of the state, I mean, it is kind of like just very barren up there. There's not a whole lot going on. Uh, the name of the town is Mata. I'm going to butcher it. I know it. Matawamgin, Maine. Um, the la- latest census a few years ago, there's only less than 600 people lived there, too. So uh, that just kind of adds a little bit to the story of, of coming from this tiny, tiny, small town. Uh, he, I think he moved to Vermont when he was in grade school, so, uh, which is a little bit further south. But uh, and I think one more kind of, kind of cool thing, and I think you, this can be relatable to everybody, not just coaching, but it can be related to players and you know, anybody in any walk of life. I mean, Steve Clifford didn't get into the NBA until he was over 40 years old. I mean, and he kind of had to start, you know, he was an assistant coach and a head coach in college, and he sort of started in a, maybe a lesser role in the NBA being a scout and then got an assistant coaching job and then continued to climb the ladder from there. But uh, it just goes to show you that everyone's path is a little bit different. And, you know, we've, we've seen head coaches in the league right now that come in in their late thirties and are do a few years and are already been fired or let go or something like that. And that was before they got to the age that Steve Clifford was when he got into the NBA too. So uh, I think it's really cool to, to, again, to recognize this. And it, it just goes to show you that everyone's path is a little bit different and, you know, I'm curious if at some point I could ask Clifford, you know, was the NBA always the goal? Did you want to coach college 
forever and an opportunity come or you just want to try something different. So yeah, just a crazy path. I mean, four, four decades of coaching and, and you know, that's, that's a long time. It's a long time. It's a lot of players. It's a lot of teams. I mean, he's worked with some, some amazing legendary NBA players, you know, Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, um, guys like that, Steve Nash. So just a remarkable career and, and, you know, a remarkable achievement as well. For the record, my guess at Steve Clifford's hometown is Matawamke. It's spelled M-A-T-T-A-W-A-M-K-E-A-G. Maybe I got the last syllable pronounced wrong, but that's going to be my guess. Again, Steve Clifford, the all-time wins leader in Hornets franchise history. Now at win number 209 after that win in Atlanta just the other night on Saturday. He'll be looking for win number 210 tonight in Utah. Coming up next, we're going to give you our latest swarm report and what it means moving forward for the Hornets. That comes your way right after this on a Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rob Longo and Sam Parley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, with you on today's edition of the HHC, presented by Senta, as always. And Sam, we're going to go ahead and give the listeners a swarm report. We haven't given one in a while, an update on what's going on with the Greensboro Swarm. They lost over the weekend at home against the Windy City Bulls, 112-105. to But that's not really the reason why we want to talk about it. We want to more so highlight the players that are currently down on the farm, more or less, for lack of a better term, with the Swarm. That includes three guys that have seen a lot of time here over the last couple of weeks and the last couple months of the season as we hit a little bit over the midway point of the NBA schedule. Teo Maladon, of course, on that two-way contract, played 37 minutes the other night against the Windy City Bulls, finishes with a team-high 26 points. He also had 10 rebounds and 8 assists and was just a minus three in the plus minus. He was also eight of 12 from the field as well. Kai Jones got some work down there as well, played 34 minutes. He finished with 18 points, 11 rebounds, and he also had two blocks and two assists. He was eight of 13 from the field, 
And then James Booknight also getting some work in. He finishes with 14 points in 20 minutes of action. He was 5 of 9 from the field. But the reason I wanted to bring this up here, Sam, is the fact that we've seen what the G League has done for a couple of players. We even heard head coach Steve Clifford talk about it just last week about how Bryce McGallans has done such a tremendous job in G League that he basically warranted some time up here at the big league club. And I understand that there's a little bit of a cat and mouse game when you boil it down because Bryce and Teo are both on two-way deals and they can only dress for an X amount of NBA games and be on the bench. So you kind of have to rotate them back and forth, especially with some of the injuries that the Hornets have had in the backcourt with guys like LaMelo Ball and even Cody Martin and Dennis Smith Jr. finally returning and being healthy is certainly a big boost. But again, just wanted to get your thoughts on what some of these guys have been doing in Greensboro and what it means for them moving forward. Because another guy that I completely forgot and how dare me to do that is, of course, the Mark Williams and what he's been able to accomplish as well because he was able to get a lot of seasoning down in Greensboro also over the last couple of months. But just your thoughts on the overall development of the Hornets here over the last couple of months of the season. The Greensboro Swarm, again, has been a real, real asset for the Hornets this season like it has been the last few years. And not only with Mark and Bryce, playing the way they are right now. You're starting to see some of the dividends being paid from their early time season with Greens, but you see them with Cody Martin over there. You've seen with Jalen McDaniels. You've seen it uh, with other guys that were, you know, second round picks or undrafted that developed over the years with the Hornets. And, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, they've done a good job of going down there, putting in the time, putting in the effort. You know, it's not the easiest thing to go down there because you're playing with guys you're not super familiar with. Uh, it is the same schemes and concepts and things like that, but you're playing with, it can be kind of a, you go down there for a game, come right back. You're not necessarily practicing as much. So I think it's great that the Hornets have been able to take advantage of Mark and Bryce being able to go down there and, and James and Kai as well. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that NJT I think has also been there. Teo. Uh, I mean, I think you've had six or seven guys at this point this season have played in Greensboro and at the NBA level. So uh, I think it's been great. It's a resource. It's a tool. It's a way to get better. Um, it's a way to develop. We've seen it right now we've seen it over the years it's not a one of the things that drives me crazy people think it's demotion you think it's like triple a baseball in the major leagues if a guy gets sent to triple a that his career is in trouble and in jeopardy and he's never going to be a good player and you know these guys go for two or three hours to greensboro play a game and come right back i mean they're not down there you know sometimes for weeks on end so uh, it's just important to remember it's a resource, it's a tool, it's not a demotion. It doesn't mean that guys aren't going to have successful careers because we've seen guys go to Greensboro, spend most, I mean, Jalen McGannel spent most of his first season in the green, in the with Greensboro, and right now is being a productive starter for the Hornets because they've needed him with injuries, but has really, really contributed on both ends, become a really good two-way player. So can't speak highly enough. I think it's great, and I think it's great the guys have bought in from it, and it's exciting to see Mark and Bryce take those steps right now in the NBA. And I'm sure when James and Kai come back and get back in rotation, you're going to see more steps from them as well. And, and JT too. JT is also part of the uh, you know the equation here. I know that it's been something that we've talked about here in the past on previous podcasts and over the last couple of seasons as well. But to me, Sam, it's kind of baffling that this hasn't been the norm for quite some time in the NBA. I know that the G League is a relatively new thing considering the history of the NBA and that sort of thing, but The way that the Hornets have been able to develop players through the G League, through the draft, taking some of these guys that are 
mid to late second round picks. Maybe some are even unsigned and that sort of thing. And they're able to go through the G League and just develop and become NBA level talent is really, really remarkable. And I can't believe that other teams haven't done this previously. I know some teams are starting to move towards that model. And I think that having the advantage of having two guys that are on two way contracts certainly helps in that regard. And of course, I think G League Ignite and seeing some of those players go that route out of high school is something else that has been at least putting a little bit more of a point of emphasis on the G League. But all in all, the Hornets have kind of been trailblazers in this regard, not the Portland trailblazers, of course. They've just been kind of forging their own path on how to develop players without, you know, giving up on them at the age of 20, 21 years old. Kind of like a Teo Maladon who got drafted from Oklahoma City and was kind of the odd man out. And now all of a sudden, the Hornets are able to pick him up and put him on a two-way deal and continue his development between floating back and forth between Charlotte and Greensboro as well. I mean, Jalen McDaniels, like you talked about, even James Booknight, a guy that has fallen out of the rotation that was a lottery pick. Now he's able to go to Greensboro and get some work in. It's just remarkable to me that people haven't really been doing this sooner, more or less. I think it's a different, you know, different environments, different situations, the different philosophies of different organizations. I think, you know, Cliff spoke about it last week after the second Boston game about, you know, kind of the mindset is, is there an old school? There's an old school thought process that you earn your minutes. And that's kind of the philosophy they go on. And it's not to say that other organizations do it wrong. This is just how they choose to do it. You come in and, you know, you, you put the work in and you might have to wait. Mark Williams had to wait a while. Mark Williams is a 15th overall pick. And there were guys that were drafted right before him and guys that were drafted right after him that the teams they went to, those guys played right away for one reason or another. Sometimes it's environment. Maybe a guy got hurt. Mark Williams' situation was because he had two guys ahead of him that were playing really well and were healthy in Nick Richards and Mason Plumley. And, you know, Mark took his time, got went to the Greensboro Swarm, was patient, controlled what he could in practice, listened, was attentive, and got his opportunity, I think, somewhere on that West Coast road trip last month and has taken off and been and great. And you've seen sort of the development, you know, if you go back to Summer League, I mean, he looks so much more comfortable and so much more, you know, in the flow of the game and, and you know, things have slowed down for him a little bit too. So I think it's just different. You know, there's, you know, there's the teams that have their G League teams, you know, I think Miami has their G League team up in South Dakota. So that's harder to get to than driving up to Greensboro for an hour and a half. Some teams don't even have G League teams. You know, they want their guys to develop being around their NBA players, or maybe they're in a situation where they're load managing guys throughout the season because they're going to be in the later round in the playoffs and opens up more minutes on a night-to-night basis for their younger guys to just get those minutes there in the NBA. and They do sort of a trial-by-fire kind of thing as opposed to going to the G League. Maybe it's a control thing. They like having their guys around the you know NBA club as opposed to somewhere else, not having nearly as much control even though it is their own staff. So uh, I think it just comes down to different philosophies, different philosophies, preferences, environments, situations. Everyone's got their own way of doing it. The Hornets' way of doing it shows that you know, they send guys to the G League, they play minutes, they buy into the process, and they get better as the years go by. Again, Hornets being able to really utilize the G League and the close resources nearby with the Greensboro Swarm. If you haven't been up to Greensboro, it's a great experience. It's a lot of fun. Go ahead and check it out. Now, Greensboro will be on the road next week in Wisconsin taking on the Herd, which is the G League affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. But be sure to check out Greensboro when they take on Grand Rapids Gold Wednesday, February 1st up at the Novon Health Fieldhouse. They will also take them on February 3rd as well. That is a Friday, maybe a little bit more family-friendly. But definitely a chance to go check out the hopefully future stars of the Charlotte Hornets up close and personal before they make it here to Spectrum Center.
One more segment to go on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. It's a game day. We got to talk about our game preview that comes your way next here on Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you here on today's edition of the HHC as Charlotte embarks on a West Coast swing of sorts, mountain time zone, if you want to be specific, as the Hornets get ready to take on the Utah Jazz tonight before they head to Phoenix tomorrow to take on the Phoenix Suns. So, of course, we will line up Sam Purley for that as our back-to-back specialist here on the HHC. But in the meantime, we got to talk about our game preview. Before we get into that, just some news and notes a little bit on Utah this season. Jazz are 24-25 and despite selling off a lot of their key assets this year and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in the offseason. But the pieces that they got in return have been really, really promising. You got a guy like Laurie Markinen. He's averaging close to 25 points per game. Jordan Clarkson's been in Utah for a couple of seasons now, but he's averaging a career-best 21 points per game as well. Utah did take on Brooklyn on Friday night and lost at home 117-106. to Jordan Clarkson finished with 29 points in that one. Laurie Markinen had 22. Kyrie Irving, for what it's worth, finished with 48 points for the Nets in the win for Brooklyn. But again, Utah going to have a couple of days off heading into this one, so the Hornets will be at a little bit of a rest disadvantage. Of course, traveling from Atlanta to Utah as well, trying to get acclimated to that higher elevation and that sort of thing also. This is also kind of crazy here too. The Hornets have not won a game in Salt Lake City in nearly two decades. The last time that the franchise picked up the win 
was in the early Charlotte Bobcats day back in March of 2006. Bobcats had all five starters reach double figures in a 104-89 win, so this has been a long time coming. Hopefully the Hornets are able to make it a three-game winning streak and snap that multiple year losing streak in Salt Lake City as they take on the Utah Jazz tonight. All right, we got all the good stuff out of the way. Now time for the deep dive into our players to watch and our stat to watch. Sam Perley as the guest of honor, where would you like to begin? I like to keep my usual routine of starting with a Hornets player to watch. And I'm going to go with TJ Washington. Had another big game the other night against the Hawks. Had some big threes at the end. Uh, to kind of get momentum going in those closing minutes. I think he finished with 23 points. I want to say he had 20 in the second half. Uh, He's now at 16 straight games, scoring in double figures, shooting really efficiently. He's up over 50% during this time, shooting around 45, 46% from three-point range. I mean, he's been really good. He was a little bit up and down to start the year on both ends, and now we're starting to see some of that consistency that I think, you know, the team and he was hoping to have in his fourth NBA season. So PJ Washington is going to be my guy to watch. Hopefully he can keep it rolling and build on that big game he had the other night against the Hawks. I like to pick for me, I'm going to take a look at Mason Plumley. I think Mason Plumley's is going to have a little bit of a taller task. I know that they have continued to go with that size advantage thing that a lot of teams are starting to do, those twin towers more or less. You see that being a big factor in Cleveland. Utah's trying to do that a little bit as well with Lori Markkinen and Walker Kessler, of course, pieces that they were able to get in those trades for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So they're trying to retool the roster a little bit. I already talked on Lori Markkinen. I'm sure we'll talk about him here in a few moments as well. But Mason Plumlee has an opportunity to go against a rookie center in Walker Kessler. I know he's got some length. He's 7-1. But again, Mason Plumlee's that grizzled vet. He's been playing really, really well as of late. You go back to that game that he had Saturday in Atlanta. He finishes with 25 points. That was a season high. He also had 11 rebounds, 11-14 from the field. I think this is an opportunity to feed Mason in the post, go to work, use those post moves, go with a little bit of old-school basketball. And of course, Mason's so athletic that if he gets doubled, he's able to find the open man and kick the ball out as well. We saw that a lot on Saturday in Atlanta. It also resulted in, at the time, was a go-ahead bucket from P.J. Washington as the shot clock was winding down. So Mason Plumley is going to be my Hornet to watch tonight in Utah. Where would you like to go next, Utah player or stat to watch? I'm going to go Utah player, and you just mentioned it a few moments ago, and I think it's kind of a no-brainer that Lowry Markin has quietly been having a really, really spectacular season. A guy that was a big part of the Donovan Mitchell trade, uh, was a top-10 pick back in 2017, started off really strong in Chicago, and his career, I guess, kind of plateaued a little bit with the Bulls. You know, he spent four years there, one year in Cleveland last year. It was a good fit at times. It was kind of I guess clunky with all the size they had with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And then Scott Rick, a really nice fresh start in Utah. And he's been absolutely spectacular. I think he's, is a very serious case to be in the all-star team this year, averaging almost 25 points per game, shooting 52%, 43% from three, almost nine rebounds, almost two assists. Defense has gotten a lot better. Just, really really has kind of put it together and it's really cool to see from just an NBA fan perspective that you know it's taken several years in a couple different teams and you know he's always been really good but he never really felt like he got to that next step and it feels like he's not only gotten to that next step but he's gotten like three or four next steps in Utah and has really kind of found a home so cool to see you know he's kind of bounced around a little bit but he's uh, hopefully doesn't play super well tonight, but he is having a, a really good year for Utah, and uh, you know it's it's kind of it's really cool to see that you know him have this this resurgence after kind of a you know his career felt like he was stalling for a couple of years. So Markin is my guy to watch. You know the Hornets got to keep an eye on him. I think PJ will spend a lot of time on him as well. 
before I get to my player to watch and you kind of answered the questionnaire that I was going to ask you, do you think, in your opinion, is Laurie Markkinen an all-star? Because I think he is. I mean, not only just based on the numbers that he was able to put up this season, but basically almost on merit, kind of like you said, kind of thrown, I don't want to say thrown away by Chicago, but was able to leave in a restricted free agency. Cleveland took a flyer on him. It worked out well for the most part. And then again, kind of the odd man out. And then he ends up going to Utah and having this renaissance of a season. So in my book, I think he's an all-star. Yeah, I absolutely think he is, too. A couple weeks ago, he had a 49-point game at Houston. I think kind of he had built up maybe a reputation earlier in his career. He's a guy that puts up big numbers, and he shoots really well, but you never really knew if it you know impacted winning or how much of an effect it had. And then his scoring started to go down as the years uh, you know, kind of transpired. And it just he never really got kind of a feel of, okay, is he going to take that next step, or did he kind of peak in that rookie season, and he just never really got any better? And you know, I think it was, a, it was a tough circumstance in Chicago because they were, tra- you know, doing different coaches or different coaches were coming in and then going to Cleveland. And it was kind of a weird fit there because of the size and everything. And uh, they made it work. I thought it was, you know, innovative at times. But, yeah, I definitely think he's an all-star. I, I really do. I think he's been really, really good. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's what you look for right now in an NBA stretch four. And, you know, he, he's definitely found another gear. So I think he for sure all-star consideration, which is really cool for a guy that didn't really know where his career was going a few years ago. Certainly some love for Laurie Markkinen. Again, hopefully he doesn't have a breakout game tonight, but kind of hard to limit him when he has so much size and he's averaging close to 25 points per game this season. For me, my player to watch for Utah, it's got to be Jordan Clarkson. If I had to compare him to some sort of Hornets player, I would compare him to Kelly Oubre. He's a guy that's been consistent. Of course, Kelly's been out of the lineup because of that hand injury, but prior to that, Kelly played in every single game. Jordan Clarkson's only missed one game. It was on the second night of a back-to-back all the way in December. He's automatically basically in double figures. He's only been held to single digits and scoring twice this season. The last time came all the way back on November 28th. So Jordan Clarkson, he's my guy to watch. He finished with 29 points the other night against Brooklyn, had 16 the game before that against the Clippers, has been north of 20 for what ends up being four of his last five games. So he's probably going to be hot. He's going to take the lion's share of those shot attempts. The shot volume is going to be a little bit high, but at the end of the day, he shoots around 50% from the field. So, I mean, he's one of those guys, effective field goal percentage is well above 50%. It's about 53.3%. So Jordan Clarkson is my player to watch tonight for the Utah Jazz. That leaves us with a stat to watch. Where would you like to go with that, Mr. Pearlie? My stat to watch is going to be points in the paint. Hornets have done a great job so far on this road trip scoring in the paint. They had 78 in Houston last Wednesday night, which I believe was the season high, had 58 against the Hawks. Uh, the more you can get that ball going down into the paint, get those touches there, scoring kind of opens up those shots on the outside a little bit more. You're starting to see the three-point percentage rise a little bit, become multi-dimensional on that offense. Good thing this night is Utah is allowing the fourth most points in the paint of any team in the league right now, around 55 too. So Hornets can get that offense going, get downhill, get it down low, and get a lot of touches. It'll open things up a little bit more. So points in the paint is going to be key tonight for the Hornets. With starters like Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler, it's hard to believe that they give up that many points in the paint with all that size. But if you're the Hornets, you're certainly take it. I'm kind of with you on a similar line of thinking that the taller players, the front court's going to be a little bit more important in this one. I'm going to take a look at rebounding. I think the rebounding is going to be a big factor. Of course, the Hornets are fifth 
in rebounds collected per game, but a lot of that I think is maybe because of the poor shooting efforts that Charlotte has had a time or two this season that, you know, more missed shots obviously going to create more rebound opportunities and the Hornets have been able to take advantage of it. Now, Utah is top 10 in rebounding in the association, but the Hornets do have a slight edge in this one. But for me, the more rebounds you're able to collect, the more one and dones you're able to get on the defensive end of the glass is able to limit the second chance points because Utah is fifth in the association when it comes to second chance points opportunities and points scored off of those. Hornets are top 10 as well, so it's going to be a close battle one way or the other, but I think the fact that you have such tall, limber guys like Markkanen and like Walker Kessler in that front court, you're going to have to do a little bit better job boxing out, and it almost cost the Hornets on Saturday when you think about it, too, as Clint Capella was able to get that tip in with about five seconds left to go, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as Terry Rozier was able to knock down those three free throws at the end of the game and able to extend that lead as well towards the end of the contest. So for me, I have to take a look at rebounding as my statistic to watch. Either way, we'll have a breakdown of this one tomorrow, and Sam Perley, I had so much fun talking with you over the last two days. Let's go for three in a row tomorrow after this one. That sounds good, and hopefully, like I said at the beginning, this is just a precursor to another winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast because there was nothing I would like more than to talk about the Hornets finally snapping that long losing streak in Utah, which I think you said was 2006. That's been way too long. Hopefully the streak ends tonight. Would also help that the Hornets would win three in a row for the first time this season as well. Of course, you can tune into tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast and see if they were able to do that. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of the HHC, and we'll see you tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.